So obviously this UAW strike is incredibly different than what we've seen in the years past. When the UAW rank and file vote to authorize a strike, usually it's one company. It's a target company or the UAW targets one company to to negotiate with. Well, basically everything was thrown out the door. Everything. Everything from the initial handshake between the UAW president and and the executives of these auto companies to, to the very public information being relayed to the rank and file via Facebook Live videos from Sean Fain. Everything. I mean, this thing was is completely different than we've seen in years past. But what isn't necessarily different is the amount of people that are are being impacted. There are thousands of people being impacted by these strikes. But how close are we really to getting a resolution to all of this? Merrick Masters is a professor of business at the Mike Illich School of Business at Wayne State University, also a labor expert, and he joins us. Professor, good to have you back. Pleasure to be here. Um, so aside from all the differences between this strike and, and maybe the strikes of years past, what what is what is what is very similar? What is the same? What do we look at and say, well, that's pretty reminiscent of of strikes in the past. Is there anything? Well, it's reminiscent in the sense that the union is pushing an agenda and management is resisting because of its concerns about rising labor costs and the impact of that on its competitiveness. But beyond that, the strategy is really an order of degree different from what we're used to. And that makes it quite unconventional and difficult for the companies to respond to. And I think the difficulty that they've had in responding to and reflected in some of the approaches they've taken in trying to make their case to the media, which have fallen short in the past, and the unions resort to the usage of the media in such a way as to dominate the airwaves and dominate the narrative and garner public support. And then, of course, we had Bill Ford Jr. Uh, come out this week and was very critical of these negotiations, saying that and in reality, the winners are the Toyotas, the Hondas of the world, the Teslas of the world, because while they continue to infight, those companies continue to build quality vehicles and and they're the ones that are eventually going to have to pay the price because they they can't come to an agreement. Was that a fair assessment of the situation, whether or not those companies prosper? But the reality is, in the end, the ones that are really being hurt here are the UAW and the big three. I think the UAW and the big three will be the most keenly and severely impacted because they're directly involved. Suppliers will also be involved. Uh, It's estimated, according to Anderson Economic Group, that the cost to suppliers so far of the strike has been about $2.7 billion. And according to some estimates I've seen, for example, that it costs GM about $21 million a day, Ford $44 million a day. And you might surmise that it's in the neighborhood of 18 to $20 million a day for Stellantis. That over a 30-day period, that will cost the three companies about $2.5 billion. Now, that is less than the $3.6 billion that the company General Motors lost in the 2019 strike, which lasted 40 days. But um, they reached um, 
and the tentative agreement uh, after 30 days there. So I think that what you're seeing is that the strike is having a compounding effect on the parties involved, and it puts the companies in a vulnerable position because they have to find every dollar of capital that they can to invest in electrical vehicles. And as some of their actions recently have shown by putting uh, pause on the development of certain things, uh, that uh, it's not a linear, clear path to electrification. There will be bumps and some rocky patches along the way. In terms of of the where we stand with these negotiations, is there any sense that we are close to some sort of resolution here, some sort of agreement coming to fruition? Well, I think you can see the elements of an agreement. I think a particularly thorny issue with Ford and Stellantis right now is probably what to do with the electrical vehicle joint ventures that produce batteries. And in the case of Ford, they have a couple of, they have an assembly operation on board. Uh, and they're going to have to, you know, it's going to be a hard pill for the UAW to swallow uh, if they don't um, cover those entities under the national master agreement like gm agreed to do uh, so that's one issue that's going to have to be resolved i think there are also issues that's outstanding about the amount of pay increase the general wage increase particularly given reports that we're now looking at something more along the lines of a five-year than a four-year contract and also i think retiree health care has to be addressed and that includes some payments to retirees to address their concerns, given the realities of what's going on in the UAW today. Do you have any sense what the the strike fund stands at now for the UAW? Well, they've had a, a modest hit. I have, I, I, you know, I can do some back of the envelope calculations, $500 a week times, you know, $20,000. Um, that 20,000 workers, you know, that uh, puts you in several million dollars, mm -hmm. but their strike fund is very large, um, and they'd really have to have a full-blown strike, which they're getting close to now because in any given one of those companies, they have anywhere from 43 to 57,000 workers, and now they've got 34,000 workers out on strike, which is almost the equivalent of having two-thirds of one company out on strike. Is there a, a a a finish line in the sense that that this is kind of a, a non-negotiable? We got to get this done by X. There is a tipping point in any negotiation, and a tipping point will be reached in which events will then occur that will force a closure. One of those events could be that the UAW decides there's insufficient progress and they've got to go through a full, full throttle and they're going to strike one or more of the companies on a company-wide basis. And uh, the other would be that uh, the companies realize that they can't um, uh, go along, tolerate a strike any longer, and they've got to make certain concessions because they're suffering losses. Um, and therefore, you have a concession. I think they're going to be uh, some blend of the two. There will probably be a ratcheting up of the strikes, uh, and there's probably one or two of those issues that is really a stumbling block right now. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the joint venture battery plants. 
Um, but also, I think something's going to have to be done about the general wage increase to bump that up some. Merrick Masters joins us uh, at a Wayne State University labor expert and and business professor. You know, I, I think for me, I've maintained pretty steadfastly throughout these negotiations that it, the the EV battery uh, production is going to be a major sticking point for the UAW. They want union representation in those facilities. Let's just hypothetically say just for the sake of argument, that Ford and Stellantis don't make moves there. Let's say that is a non-negotiable for those automakers, and and they're not willing to to add that to the, the national agreement. But GM does. Is there a situation where you see Je- the UAW saying, okay, General Motors, we're done here. We'll come to an agreement based on what you have on the table, and, and we'll end this with you, but maintain that strike against the the two other automakers. Do you see that as a possibility? I think that you would probably have the strike prolonged if they weren't able to get that with the other two companies, mm. and they may come to an agreement with General Motors. But I think that's going to be a really difficult pill for them to swallow, not get a pattern when it comes to joint ventures uh, and given that one company has conceded it sort of put the others in a difficult position and real quick i got about 30 seconds left here is there are we going to see a a, a bubble when it comes to production of these vehicles or when it comes to the economics of it all once a deal does get signed are we going to see a bubble here you mean we're going to see an explosion or yeah. it- uh, and uh, you mean that we're going to see a dramatic increase in sales or a decrease? Well, I, I just in terms of, and, and we're running out of time, in terms of a, of a production, in terms of we're not going to see the cars coming out because cars aren't being built now. And then, of course, that will uh, certainly well, further I mean, impact. I, I think you're going to see it's going to suppliers and everybody have indicated that yeah. it takes time to adjust. Yeah, It's going to take a couple of weeks. Yeah. Merrick Masters, thank you for the time. Got to take a break.